How are you? It is so good to see you in 2019. So um, we're in a new series, this is the second week for it, and the series is entitled uh, a Toolbox for Life. And uh, last week I was telling you about um, what the world says, and I, I was starting to listen to what the world says a little bit this past week. And so the world says that if you have desire and determination, desire and determination, uh, you can accomplish anything that you want in life. And so uh, I wanted to check it out one more time. So I went to the bookstore early this week, and, and I took out another one of those self-help books, and, and I pulled it off the shelf, and I started reading it. And yes, it affirmed exactly that. If you have desire and determination, you can fulfill anything that you want to fulfill in life. So I, I decided, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to play with that a little bit this week. So I made a major decision, um, a ma major decision for my life. Um, uh, Karen's not happy with it, but that's okay. Uh, but it's a major decision in my life. Uh, I'm going to go on another sabbatical uh, for another six months, I think I'm going to do. Right, Robert? Oh, thank you. And, and so in, in the sabbatical, I've decided that I'm going to pick up my, my, um, my artistic skills. Uh, two years ago, I went to the Louvre, and I was able to see the beautiful Mona Lisa, if you look at that. And I, as I was standing there right in front of the Mona Lisa looking at that, and I'm thinking, you know, I can do that. I have desire and I have determination. I, I can do that. Uh, so I mean, I'll, tell, I'll tell you what. You all can help me determine if you think I can do it. Look at, look at my artistic work. My desire, my determination, I can do it. I, I don't go back and you go back. I, I don't go back to this. I don't see any difference. At all, and I know that some of you are thinking, Tom, what are you smoking? Um, you know, what, what are you, what's going on up there? Well, anyways, I, I, I really think that there has to be something more than desire and determination, and, and that is all the stuff of the world. And, and that's what we hear nonstop. Whether you be reading books or whether you're watching television or whether you're reading books or magazines, this is what we hear. And, and there has to be something more uh, to life than just about desire and determination. Because, see, there's a disconnect. There's a disconnect between my desires and my determination and God's picture of the preferred future for my life. There's a disconnect. And the disconnect is that I think in my mind, I can do that. I can paint Mona Lisa. That's not a big deal. But God's picture of the preferred future for me means that I'm wired up in a different way. Now, I'll come clean with you. I, um, I thought about going to Florence for the next six months, but I'm going to stay here so you have to put up with me. Uh, but, but, but I really want you to... Yeah, that was, that was a cheap way of getting an applause. That was cheap. So, um, but it was bad applause at that. Maybe I should go to Florence. I mean, really. Uh, no, 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 don't, don't, no. No, no, no. Are you applauding that I go to Florence? Saying, I know you guys. Yeah. You're on for the next six months. I'm out of here. So, uh, so uh, where am I? Um, so, the disconnect between God's picture of the preferred future, how you are wired up, how God connected you uh, with your, your mind, your soul, your body, 
what we're talking about these next uh, three weeks on Wednesday nights is so vitally important to us. I, I really want you to come. And so I think it's just important for us to understand how we weave all this together. But it can't be simply my desires, my determination. It has to be with God's picture of the preferred future. So I just want to plant that in your mind once again. So I, I want you to look at this passage of Scripture. I'm basing this entire four-part series on this one passage of Scripture, Ecclesiastes 10, verse 10. And look, look at this passage very carefully. In fact, you might want to take out your teaching notes because I know you're going to forget everything I tell you in the next, by the time you walk out of here. So I want you to remember this more than that. So take out your teaching notes. Here, here's the text. If the axe is dull and its edge unsharpened, more strength is needed, but skill will bring success. Here, look at this with me. Most of us in this room, most of us who are watching online right now, most of us have a dull blade. We have become content with life. We've come content with just the way we are. You know, this is the workshop up here. But really what I want this to represent is that when you come into the sanctuary, this is a workshop. It's a place for us to be working on us, to recreate something new. But the, the problem is that most of us have lived our lives for so long that we just keep on uh, dulling the blade. And so I can do this, I can run my hand across it, nothing. And so what I want to try to give you here in the next few weeks, I want to give you uh, four tools that, that will help you to develop a sharp edge on this axe so that uh, you don't have to use so much force when you use it. It will just cut through like butter. Uh, so really, here's the first choice that you have to make today. Will I decide to listen carefully enough to be able to get my, to begin to get my edge sharpened so that I can live life more like God's picture of the preferred future and less like the world. That's the choice. So last week I gave you a tool. The first tool that I gave you uh, for this series is that we need to learn how to live with uh, naysayers, uh, negative people. Uh, we, we, uh, everybody here last week said that we all know negative people, right? Is there anybody here who does not know a naysayer or a negative person? Please stand. Please come up here, please come up here and preach this. Uh, because all of us know naysayers. Uh, it, there's nothing, um, that's nothing out of the ordinary. So last week after, uh, I think it was after this service, two guys came up to me and said, Tom, I want, uh, I want to tell you something. And, and here, look at this quote, this guy. I, I asked him to write it down. He says, I'm so busy chopping wood, I don't have time to sharpen my axe. Okay? He's so busy with life, so busy with life, he doesn't have time to sharpen it. And that is a reality for most of us. We, we have just gotten so busy, it, it's like trying to cut something with the wrong end of the axe. Or, or look at this quote. This quote says, uh, one good thing about being a naysayer, Life is really good when things turn out better than you thought. And then the tag, the tagline to that was, and that's usually the case. It is, isn't it? 
So uh, where, where we are today is we're, we're, we're going to go into the second tool I want to give you. And, and uh, so we have, we have learned how to deal with naysayers. And I said last week that while we have to stop listening to them, uh, we, we, we have to still love them. And I don't know about you, that's hard work. And the only way I know how to do that is with Jesus Christ as my partner. So here's a, here's a second tool I want to give you. Are you listening? Some of you are. Some of you have already gone. So are you, are you ready to listen? Some of you have gone to Florence already. So here we go. So uh, second tool, knowing how to recognize what's important and what's not important. This is something that we have to learn. We, we think that we can just assimilate this stuff, just kind of let it come in and ooze into us. No, we have to learn how to do this. How, how good would it be? How good would it be for your life if that whenever you face anything in life, you already have your values established? You don't have to guess about them. So you ask me, how do I remember this stuff? Here's one of the way. I want you to write this down. Get ready. It's called VIMC. V-I-M-C, V-I-M-C. VIMC simply stands for, this is valuable to me, or it's not valuable to me, or this is important to me, or it's not important to me. This matters to me, or it doesn't matter to me. This is crucial in my life or it's not crucial. See, the, the truth is that many of us get caught up with those things that are not crucial, that are not important, that, are, that, that don't matter, that are really not valued in our lives. But we allow the world to come in and just kind of layer this, this negativity and this type of living over us, and it's just not what God wants. It's not that picture of God's preferred future for your life. Let me speak to parents real quickly. Folks, uh, my friends, if there's anything that I can say to you, especially for those of you who are raising young children, if there's anything I can say to you right now, make a decision that you're going to teach values to your children. Don't assume that they're going to get that, them anyplace else. Well, or assume that they will get them someplace else because the world is more willing to give uh, these, then, 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 then they're not what we want our children to have. Can I get an amen to that? So what's the biblical value? You need to decide, uh, because then you need to be in the workshop here in church to be able to learn what these are so you can teach them to your children. Uh, look at this. I love this text. Second, or 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. It says, everything is permissible. Everything. But not everything is beneficial. Would you agree with me? See, what, what this text is saying is uh, we have free will. You and I, God created us with free will. We are not created uh, with strings on us because God does not want to be the, the master puppeteer to, to, to guide us. Now, God wants to guide us, but God is not going to tell us. God is not going to give us the, uh, this, this, this thing that says, this is how you're going to do it. This is how you're going to live. No, God gives us ability to choose. And we, we've got to learn how to choose. You know, I, I heard someone say the other day that he was here last week. He said, 
Tom, I spent my entire, my entire life, he just retired, he said, I spent my entire life climbing the ladder of success. And when I got to the top of success, I realized that I had leaned my ladder against the wrong wall. And, and, and I think that's true for a lot of us. We, we think that we're climbing the ladder. We're climbing the ladder of success according to the, according to the culture of our day. But is, it that, is that the wall that God wants you to lean your ladder on, to lean your life on? I don't think so. So let me ask you this. How are you doing with your values? Your values. If you were to look at the scale, would you say that your values are biblical all the time, part of the time, or does the culture of this world do this to you? And that periodically you come into church and you try to tip this down. Which is it for you? How are you doing with your values? So today I just want to ask you three questions, three quick questions. Are you ready to listen quickly? It's going to be quick. So here's the first question I, I, I want to ask you. I need to ask you this. Who's going to be your authority? Who's going to be my authority? As I'm walking through, journeying through life, who's going to be my authority? And here's the first one that most of us, uh, would, if we get honest with ourselves, uh, this is how we answer. We say myself. We, we say simply, I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be the, the guiding light in my life. And, and, and so let me ask you, how's, how's it going for you? I think the groan kind of answered that question. Proverbs 16.25 says, There is a way that seems right to humans, but in the end it leads to death. See, many of us have, have aligned our lives, many of us have walked, our, uh, walked down the path of life, and we think that we're following uh, some principles that we think we, we think we learned in church, but in reality we learned in the, in the world and we're just going down the path and it seems right, but it isn't right. Or, 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 or look at this text. How about this one? How, what would it be like in your life if you decide Proverbs 3, 5? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Might your life change? Might my life shift? in change. I think so. I really think it would. So we need to decide that we're not, that we're not going to live our lives according to my system, my values, my goals. Here's a second. So I can do myself or, or, or I can do the world. The world can be, uh, bring, uh, give me the values I'm going to live my life by. So the world comes to us uh, by parents, by peers, by school, uh, by movies, by television, by books, uh, magazines. Can anyone guess the number one leading force of, of, of values, of, 
uh, of disseminating values in the United States today. It's going to be what we, just a general basis of the media. Now, I'm just going to be really honest with you. Uh, I, I try to get these feet and this body in as many of your homes as I can. I love to just sit and chat. When, I, when, when Carol and Cindy can make that happen, I love to do that. But here's what I've noticed, especially in my last two years here. This is my sixth year. Now, when I walk into a house or walk into an office, most people have this media turned on. It's called the television. And they're watching either Fox, CNN, or CNBC. And we have to decide if we're going to spend our time listening to these pundits talking heads, or if we're going to listen uh, to what is here in the Word. See, the third part of this, uh, how do we accept, uh, evaluate our values, is how much of this is in your life? This is, I'm, I'm actually holding the Bible. How much of this is in your life? And I dare say uh, that CNBC, Fox, and CNN has a lot more time. In fact, I'll, I'll tell you that in just a second. So here, here, here's a second. Second question I have for you. Will you choose what's easy or will you choose what is best? The truth is, we rarely evaluate our values until we have a crisis. And when, it hit, when this crisis hits, when we're in deep pain, we, we start going into uh, life uh, with a tailspin. Listen, look at this text, John, 1 John 2.17. The world and its desires will pass away, but those who do the will of God will live forever. See, the, the issue is, uh, do we have alignment with God's word? Are we living our life with integrity with God's word? George Gallup just did a recent survey, and in that survey, uh, he, he was simply asking Americans, well, what is the greatest cause of stress in your life? The greatest cause of stress in your life. And, and the response by a vast majority of North Americans living in the United States says this, that the greatest cause of stress in our lives is incongruent living. What does he mean by that? It means that we state one set of values, by, but we live with another set of values. We say we believe this, but we actually live by this. Now listen, listen to this one. You, you'll, you'll just shake your head on this one. By the age of 65, and I'm quickly approaching that, by the, when, you, when a person reaches the age of 65, uh, the average North American living in the United States will have watched nine and a half years of television, nine and a half years. Now, uh, let's just say that all of you in this room uh, have gone to church since the time you were born. So you've been to church 50, 52 times a year, 52 hours, 
and, and you've done it for 65 years, that's 3,380 hours, and you divide that uh, by 65, and, uh, um, and, you will have wa- and you will have been in church 141 days. Does anybody wonder why we live a certain kind of values? When we have that kind of separation between the world and God's picture for your future, we've got to clarify our values. Let me, let me just wrap it up. Look at this number three. It simply says this. And I'm going, to, I'm going to fill in the blanks on this one in another, sort, in another part of the series. Will I go on to the next one? Is it worth the price? Is the way that you're living your life, is the way that you have chosen, because I'm not going to let us cop out on this, the way that you have chosen to live your life, is it according to God's picture of the preferred future? or the world. Because if we're going to follow the gospel, if we're going to follow Christ Jesus, we've got to change the way we live. That's it. We've got to change the way we live. So look at this passage of scripture. I'll I'll close with this. Philippians. I once thought, this is Paul speaking, I once thought all these things were so very important, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done for me. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the priceless gain of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I may have him. My hope and my desire for you is that you'll take this tool of assessing where your current values are and determining if if you're content with that and you say, you know what, I think I'm living godly. If you're content with that and, and, and you think, you know what, I'm doing really well, I'm, 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 I'm really good. But then if you get really honest with yourself and you think, you know what, this world really is playing more of a role in my life than my 141 years or 141 days in church, here's Here's your reality. It's that simple for me. We can, we can complicate the heck out of it. I'm a simple, simple-minded person. So how about you choose? Amen? Thanks for coming to the work, workhouse today. Amen. Let me invite the children to come down and bring the elements for Holy Communion.